0: And we're back with episode 40 of ra Rah Room Radio with OG Willikers. Took a couple months off to focus on the release of my new album, go on tour with the Outstanding Citizens Collective, Always Working. Speaking of always working, I have my friend Symmetry of Grid Squid Entertainment out of San Marcos, Texas here to talk to us. But first, let's check out this track. Yeah. Rouse with me when you play this in your Jeep and shit for Yeah, dog, my team He the Rappers with the ice to freeze our
1: wrist. Some soap providers with the jazzy beats we can rip Rouse with me when you play this in your Jeep and shit Yeah, dog, my team He the Rappers with the ice to freeze our wrist. Some soap providers with the jazzy beats we can rip It's Big Sam, the champ, coming through your bass and Tape jam. Thanks, man, Bumping in your crazy
2: deck. Big busts and rhymes, making fans one at a time Those who had the balls are taking chance on the dreamer with the deep voice that destroys beats like Gohan did, those Sojunya decoys yo, I may never be the people's choice so fuck them. as long as you believe in Troy I be with the homies eating rice, beef and soy cooking these rappers, you
1: know I bring the heat like Roy Mustang you can't hold me, rap game to nobody working on my singing
2: now, shout outs to the homie Joy not much has changed but the songs are getting better now only way I drop the ball is if I let it down so for now, I'ma rhyme like it's all I got and talk more shit than no timers yeah. in the barbershop Grounds with me when you play this In your Jeep and shit with another. Uh, Yeah, dog. my team's legit Neither the rappers with the ice trying to freeze our wrists Some soul providers with the jazzy beats we can rip Rounds with me when you play this
1: your jeep and your shit Yeah, dog, my teams for shit the rappers with the ice trying to freeze our wrists Some am yeah. providers with the jazzy beats we can rip the Coca-Cola addicts kicking them caffeine Rap speed past the obstacles Redefining the scene Blast the music, turn the sound
2: up Give me volume, I need that The commoners arrived But they're screaming that the king's back Red Squid We assembled the dreamcast Hollywood again systems either way we mean that kick the music happen but couldn't prevent the relapse now i'm back fucking shit up too fast for them to react yo you know who raps the best savage said i'm smashing threats rookie last year but now i'm an established vet subtlety of hand grenades came in here to crash instead of bring the squid with me we're all coming at you next. rad as it gets but not one to demand respect the rhyme speak for me there's nothing i haven't mastered yet so pounce with us. Let me see your hands and bet your ass when next up. Oh, you should never yeah. ever have to guess. Round with me when you play this in your jeep and shit. Chris, yeah, dog, my team's legit. Hey, the rabbits with the ice trying to freeze our wrist. Some soap
1: providers with the jersey beats we can rip. Rounce with me when you play this in your jeep and shit. Chris, yeah, dog, my team's legit. Hey, the rabbits with the ice trying to freeze our
2: wrist. Some soap providers with the jersey beats we can rip. The fuck, dog? We came for the petty props. Coming at your neck like some hard. Shady jobs. I keep it steady when I'm panicking, anything I just We're just getting started, Trying to make sure it never stops i clever with the written word, motion shit is just absurd Put these rappers on the plate, will appetite, then it's sir I used to be chilling, kicking written, sitting on the curb Me and act one, hope this rappers out to all verse. Be trying to get the shit to blow I took the ladies, kiss me like my cap's a fucking missile truck uh, shit and come. Sorry babe, my bags are packed Got some shows to do, and I now don't know i now we coming back Got a dream to change, not a lot of time to waste It seems to your city, baby doll, you wanna save the day Moses to raise the space. In So you never yeah, catch stay saying grace. Rouse with me when you play this in your Jeep and shit. Chris, yeah, dog, my team for legit. Hate the rappers with the ice trying to freeze our wrist. some am providers with the jazzy beats. We can rip. Bounce with me when you play this in your Jeep and shit. Chris, yeah, dog, my team for legit. Hate the rabbits with the ice trying to freeze our wrist. some soap providers with the jazzy beats. We can rip.
3: What's going on, guys? I'm Symmetry. My name's, my real name's Troy. Just get that out of the way. Um, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. I now live in San Marcos, Texas. The song you just heard was Grid Squid or Nothing featuring my homie CA the Commoner, also, who also lives in San Marcos, Texas. Uh, for like reference point, Grid Squid is a hip hop collective that I'm a part of. And that's kind of one of the big things I've been doing over the last few years is just kind of building up that collective, that group, and getting them on the road. Putting stuff out. So, if you want to look us up as a crew, look up Gritsquid Entertainment and you'll understand why we're like shouting about Gritsquid for three minutes in that song. Um. Uh, currently on, on tour right now. Tour. I, I do, uh, I, I did air quotes that you guys can't see. <laughs> uh, I do quick weekend tours. Like, I'm usually like, I'll play like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I'll come back home because I have a nine to five and uh, it's not glamorous, but it's fun. Like, so, I'm in Santa Fe now. What's up? What's up?
0: Yeah, welcome, man. Super cool to have you here. Mm-hmm. We met, we talked about it like last year. I feel like it might even be It, it, was, last year. it
1: was last year.
3: It was only last year? Yeah, dude. I, I want to say uh, last last May. It was last May is when it was. Dang. Yeah, because we played, because uh, we booked the tour. Yeah, we booked it around, Um, we played Las Cruces. And then you guys, and then Amarillo, that was the tour last last May. so we came into Cruces we played like a barricade, which is a culture shop in Los Cruces. yeah, yeah Saba yeah Sa- yeah okay yeah Saba's the man dude, so yeah, we played it's with it's Saba great. and then we came out with you guys and I had actually forgotten that Wonky had moved here, so like when he showed up, I was like, oh shit this brought because he told me he was moving to Santa Fe, but I, I guess like I had no reference point for it when he told me he was moving like however many years ago it had been and so like seeing him was really cool. That dude tried to get me faded that night, by the way. Like after the show, like I, don't, I think you were his ride right home or something too. I remember this. He, he took oh, me, yeah. took me to that bar across the street. Like there was another basement bar, and he was like, "Yo, like Matador. we have." He was like, "We have ten minutes." So he's like, <laughs> "Oh, that's
0: right." I was like, "Bro, we gotta go." That's right. I was getting on. road like, let's go. He's like, hold on.
3: And God, so I like gotta,
0: my homie's in town, I gotta we gotta get a shot. And so like,
3: yeah, so uh, we had like so he had bought us like he bought all of us beers from Grid Squid. And um so I like I owed him. So like I like I was like, all right, what are you we're gonna shot in a beer really quick because we have ten minutes and he's like, I was like, what do you want? And he's like, I think he said Jameson. So we like knock that shit back. We're trying to like drink our visually really fast and also enjoy the bar for what it was, you know, like see like look around and see everything. But it was it was really fun. But I was like, when I got back, I was like, Whoo, like any more of that, I wouldn't be able to drive. Like if we if we had like had any
0: more time to like hang out, I, I shouldn't have been the one driving you uh and you had a show the next night yeah in Amarillo oh, that's hard man like that's one thing i learned on the last tours i played it pretty cool but there were moments or certain nights like the dangerous nights are when they're like oh yeah free bar like as part of being an artist and yep. it's just like you got to be careful with that and then I'm, the I'm, next I'm, day it's like fuck i got to rock tonight Why I'm, I'm usually that? like a two beer dude like I'm, I'm two
3: beers and I'm out. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm just, like, not drunk. I'm just, like, I'm, I don't need any more. Like, I'm just, like, I'm kind of good. I have, a, I have a slight buzz. I have no more to eat. to drink. Um, the dangerous nights for us are when the bar likes us and they're just, like, giving us drinks because they're, like, oh, you guys did great. Here's more beers. They're, like, yo, you got to stop. We played uh, in Florida last, no, this year, in February. And the bar owner liked this so much that during our performance, he kept bringing us shots and beers. Like, it's, like yo, you got to stop. Like, we, he did, he did, like, an Irish... Like shot chant, and we all did shots with them at one point while we were on stage in the middle of our show. I was like, "You gotta stop!" Like Chris was getting Chris. Chris can't drink. Like Chris can have like two drinks maybe, and he's like literally drunk. So I was like, "You gotta cut this man. You got. You gotta stop giving us drinks, bro. Like you're gonna like you're gonna ruin us." And the next day, like Chris and Faye were both like, really tired. Like, we had a forty five minute drive from Fort Walton to Pensacola. So it was, like, the super easiest, like, from one stop to the next stop, you know? Like, usually it's, like, hours in between for tour stops. And we got to Pensacola, which took us 45 minutes, and they were both, like, we need a nap. Like, so, like, I, I basically dropped them off at the hotel, and he took a nap, and then, like, I went, like, to the beach for, like, an hour or so. But, yeah, you got to watch how much you drink on the road.
0: Yeah, I was getting really into the, like, um, 7 p.m. naps, like, like, trying to sneak Pre-show them in, nap, like, yeah. in the green rooms and stuff. Like,
3: oh, wow, in the green room. I feel like that's kind of hard. There's so many of y'all. There's, like, four of y'all that went, right? And then you were with Landon and... And yeah. Sky Zoo, yeah. So there's yeah. six of us in the van. And oh. Yeah, there's no time for privacy or sleep.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were sleeping in the van, but I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I don't know. I was just kind of, like... It was just cool being around Sky Zoo, you know, like, a legend. And Landon, who's deep in the game. Mm-hmm. And just, like... Just taking notes. Yeah, they're just that, the stuff they were talking about. I'm like, that's so interesting. <laughs> like, I was yeah. so into just learning little tips, you know, just just little things. Or he would, Skazi would just tell us like a story about like Jay Dilla, or like you know, he, like just hip hop, n- like nerding out on hip hop mm-hmm. knowledge and stuff. And it's just super fun. So I pretty much just stayed awake the every car ride. Oh, see, I I, I drive most of the time, so like that's kind of my thing too. But if I'm
3: not driving, I knock out. Like I think like
0: I probably should have more.
3: The motion sickness thing kind of puts me to sleep. Like, just kind of, like, the rocking of a car just knocks me out. I can't read while I drive. I would would rather read or, like, send emails and stuff, but I can't, like, uh, if I read while I'm either driving or flying, I get, like, these huge headaches, and I'm just, like, I can't.
0: What's, like, the the weirdest spot you had to sleep on tour?
3: The worst place I would have slept at but didn't sleep at is a place in Houston called Super Happy Fun Land, (laughs) which is this weird, like... Carnival Halloween doll esque venue, and uh, I think people actually sleep there all the time. I think there's like the people that own it, it's kind of like a warehouse that's turned into like a carnival venue. And I think the people that own it actually live there or sleep there, like that would have been a weird place to sleep.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. I, I just it popped because we were talking about tour and just like we slept in some funny spots at, at certain points, did you? Like, I mean, nothing super like crazy but just like i remember one night we just it got so late and uh like we couldn't get a room and we had to like in the middle of the night hit up these homies this was in las vegas nevada and we had to hit up the homies from the show mm-hmm. like in the middle of the night be like dude we can't find anywhere to crash can we crash somewhere and they opened up their studio and let us crash in their studio mm-hmm. so i slept in the in the vocal booth on the floor no blanket just like My face on the carpet. (laughs) Wow. But it was so late, and we'd played. It was, like, near the end of the tour. We were just dead tired, dead tired. So we just passed out. And in the other room was, like, a salon. Like, the studio was also, like, I think it's like, a family kind Mm -hmm. of thing where part of the building was studio. And then, like, like a wife or sister or somebody else had a a hair salon. Mm -hmm. So some of the rappers slept in the hair salon. No, that night was hilarious just like damn
3: that that reminds me there's a spot like in Phoenix uh like in Sunny Slope but it's a it's a record shop it's called crates think it's called crates records and gear it's a record shop that does show sometimes like in like the record shop one of the guys uh it's like a barber so there's like one barber chair that he like kind of cuts at during the day and then it's also like a recording studio and then like on the roof like the entire like roof is tagged like in like a circle on the top of it so it's like a really good it's, it's basically like a culture shop to be honest that's what i told him when i walked in i was like it's like a culture shop because it's like you think like hip-hop culture you think of like think about people cutting hair you think about people like make actually like producing and like engineering records in the back like you will do shows all these hip-hop records also it's a really cool spot
0: that's dope man like uh i don't know if anyone's listening now heard the last episode but we were talking to phoenix artists and uh And the Phoenix scene is amazing. I'm I'm really into that scene right now. Mm -hmm. Like uh, when we got to play there last month on tour too, and like just so many cool heads out there. I made a lot of friends out there. I'd say like I probably have more homies in the Phoenix hip hop scene than like any other like city that's not Santa Fe. Like it's just like there's so much love out there and just good, cool, dope artists. I'm really excited to work more out there.
3: I need to go out there again too. I had fun. Like. And I only got to meet like two other artists that played besides us. I didn't really get to meet a whole bunch of people, but it was it was a really fun show, and I'm I'm excited to go back again. I spent like years trying to like cultivate like a San Marcos hip hop scene, you know, and also like a general like helping out with the overall music scene, cause I don't like that the rap scene is generally like pushed to the side. It's like you have like the overall music scene in San Marcos, then there's like the rap scene off to the side. Like and every now and then they'll cross pollinate, but. For the, the part, two, for the most part, for the most part, two are like, extremely separate, and so I spent so many years trying to like work in, within both those two scenes, you know, <clears throat> and I feel like that was like that was my community was like that San Marco scene for the most part was my community, and I feel like touring now, my main community at least I feel, is the DIY hip hop touring circuit, like the do it yourself rappers that are hitting the road. I feel like that's my general community. Like you will be my community at this point. Like people like you who like I kind of like hitting the road on their own. Um, I never met Landon, but I feel like once I meet him, he'll be kind of put into it. Um, people like Golden, people like Marcel Black, people like Jonathan Brown, uh, like Virgil Wolf from Houston. Like a lot of these cats, like that, I, that I've met from touring, who are now like some of them. I, when that I met Big them, Low too, right? Big, yeah, yeah, dude, Big Low's a huge one. Like he. He's he's right in there because he's he's on tour right now for the illegalists like so. Look he's up. coming
0: through actually. He'll be in Santa Fe. I don't have yeah. the date on me, but I know pop. November, uh, DJ right. Shatters I know it's in November. Shatters I know that. on
3: that one. Yeah, he, he's he's hitting San Marcos too. He's coming through. The, he's gonna hit like all of like the, uh, the Southwest if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, these dudes. That's what I'm looking to as my community now because I feel like now that I've been on the road, like and I'm not I'm not a full time rapper. You know, I have a job, so I'm usually doing like weekend runs, like a, a weekend warrior, but a lot of us are like a lot of people who are doing it. Or like they're either like I can only tour for like a week or blah. blah you know, these guys in my community because I feel like once you hit the road, you no longer stay at home. Marcel Black calls them stay-at-home rappers, like people who don't travel at all. And like once you hit the road, you have experiences that only other people who have toured will have. You know, like if you're a rapper who's never left their scene, or like even rappers that move from one scene to the other but still don't travel, like these are experiences you don't have. You don't you don't have experiences sleeping on the floor and somebody's vocal booth you don't have the experience of like i drove 12 hours to play a show last night you know like people who never left the
0: scene have these experiences um well, that's true man and like what we were talking about earlier today was uh uh about how you know you you get a you, you get kind of comfortable among your own people and your own scene and like oh you know you know half the crowd and they're there because yeah. they're, they're cousin you. or yeah. you know whatever's family and, and, and I don't want to take anything away from how dope that can be for artists, but, like, once you take yourself out of that comfort zone and then go to other scenes where no one's ever heard of you and they're, mm-hmm. they they don't know you anything.
3: It's a, it's a crutch. I think it is. I've seen, um, I'm not going to say who or where they're from, but I've seen some acts that will play in their city and they'll just, like, tear that shit down. Like, everybody's, like, jumping and moving and, like, it's getting super hype. And I've seen them play... Shows outside of this team, like they'll come to San Marcos or something, and it's not the same for them. Like it's like you can like you can look in their face and tell like they're kind of nervous and like they're not used to like playing for people who don't know them, you know. And so it's like you you have to get out of that comfort zone. Like that's that's one of the hardest things. Um, I played a gig with my band a couple of months ago, and my homie Ghost, who actually wants to tour with me next year, off and on. So we maybe I may be having a little tour mate next year. I may have a, I may have a homie on the road with me. Um, he actually played that show and I think by the time we played a lot of the crowd had cleared out, you know? And he was like and he he had stopped playing for a while. He used to perform a lot, but he kinda hermited himself and he's been just like making songs and just kinda just building up his catalogue. And he was like, How the hell do you still give that much of a shit when there's nobody in the building? And I was like, A lot of that's just balls and uh an experience. Like it's not even like I don't know, I think it's just doing it often enough. Which sucks. I think that's a terrible thing to say. Is like, hey, you play for five people often enough, and you get used to it. Like,
0: that's. I mean, we get these ruts. I remember even saying even last year, maybe maybe it was a little longer ago than last year. Like, I forget who I was telling, but it's like, oh, that's how it is, man. You play ten shows, and you get that one awesome show, and then you do ten kind of shitty shows, and and just just how it is. And I remember saying that to someone, and you know, I guess we've been really fortunate, and like things have changed for us quite a bit in the last like year and a half, mm-hmm. as far as that goes, like. Our shows are far more consistently awesome. It has w- been really cool lately. Even Ruthina last night was a really good show,
3: but like places like that a lot of times aren't good for rap. Like places where there's like tables and eating, you know. A lot of times people just kinda stare at you from their table and don't really like are they aren't invested and they don't they don't want to participate like in like the show aspect of it from like a, a spectator standpoint. But everybody last night did. Like even like everybody stood up for Anthony's thing at the end, you know, but even yeah. even during my set when it was sitting down people were very alert. Like, I was getting a lot of eye contact, like, a lot of, like, head nods from the crowd. So, like, people were still very much paying attention and invested throughout the room, which was nice. Like, I I didn't feel like I was just kind of, like, up there rapping to myself while people were eating their dinner. Like, everybody was kind of watching and paying attention and being involved. Like, it was really nice.
0: Yeah, and and Eliza really, like, has done a good job. She's the one who runs all of those Mm -hmm. shows. She's done a great job of... Of uh, like facilitating an environment where she she's a little bolder than a lot of other people would be in that environment where she's actually willing to like book metal bands and more fringe I guess you'd say music that that isn't great for the you know standard dinner yeah
3: dinner crowd. Shit, you, you think singer songwriter up and down like that's yeah that's how kind of would think of you want like a singer songwriter maybe like maybe like a um a funk band or like a soft rock band like you want you think anything easy listening. But you don't think like hip-hop, you don't think punk, you don't think metal. I don't even know if you think like an indie band, like an indie rock band, you know. So I feel like even that may be like not too hard, but still like not what people are really expecting to eat too.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I thought it was so, so cool. And that's kind of the way we planned it last night. That's why we had the DJ kind of mm-hmm. do the the hour set at the beginning to kind of like ease into the energy. And uh, I think, honestly, I I can't think of anything that went wrong last night. Same. So so stoked about all your rappers were on time which is like everyone was on time what is
3: that like i i I can't
0: everyone had their beats no one was in a bad mood not like man i'm just i'm like i feel like like just fortunate so fortunate for that to go down like that and i needed that too i needed that win. i just wanted that i was a little bit like man promoting shows is so much work you know kind of all that build up to it but that the payoff was like all right I needed that win and
3: that's the thing too when you're like an artist that also books shows cuz both of us do that and we we both consider ourselves artists first and foremost you know and people look at us like promoters and it's not like it's not that we're promoters per se we're artists that also facilitate shows and I, I think people I, th- I think that's too like a lot of people people like will play my shows and expect like me to like bring 100 people and for shows, I'm not even playing half the time. It's like, yo, I'm not. I'm not even playing in the show. I'm not a promoter. Like, I facilitate the show, I put everything together, and I'll definitely tell everybody about it. I promote it. Like, I want people to come out. But a lot of the time, people who would come to see me aren't coming to the show because I'm not playing. Like, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just have to be careful. Are you got, like, for me, I get offered a lot of opportunities to throw shows or to be on shows, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm starting to be more and more like careful with my energy, like. Like, I used to just say yes to every show. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe that's actually another, you know, going back to, like, p- playing 10 bad shows, yeah. you know. I used to say yes to all these bad shows, thinking, oh, you know. I mean, I, I can't say that that was a wrong choice because I, you make one fan or, or you make that one connect that leads yeah. to the next opportunity at that bad show. You know, things like that do happen. But um, I just feel there's a lot of energy. We've invested a lot of our energy into shows that were like clearly doomed from the beginning Mm -hmm. and it's like why why do we do that we should have put our energy into maybe this instead And, Mm -hmm. and so we're more about really just focusing our events instead of just throwing a lot of like quick events like let's let's maybe not do two this month let's do just this one but we're gonna do this one like Boom. See, I d I don't mind playing
3: multiple events in a month, but I don't like throwing more than one. That's what I mean. May, may, yeah, from yeah. the promoter
0: end is, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like and, and as an artist, <laughs> actually depending on the event, but mostly. I see, I I, I
3: don't mind playing like a couple two or three events in my city in a month. That doesn't bother me. But what I was doing was um recently I was throwing I was trying to throw two events a month, like one all hip hop event and then one like kind of band showcase in which my band could also play, you know. So I was kinda like doing both and keep them separate. And it was hard juggling both, especially because there's only so many venues in San Marcos that they book up quick. So what I've been doing now is trying to do like mixed genre shows where like I'll have rappers and bands playing the same shows. I just do one and call it a day because I'd rather spend my time as a performer, as an artist. I'd rather also touring, you know, if I'm not there all the time, it makes more sense for me to like lighten my load anyway. If I can't always be in San Marcos to like facilitate those things.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. That's that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm actually loving working with other artists because it's like or other promoters. Like I don't I'm I would actually more enjoy being the guy who's like kind of like connecting the dots like, oh, you you're a touring artist who wants to be in Santa Fe. OK, well, I know this guy who'd be willing to throw that show. hmm. And, like, that's all. Like, I don't want oh, to be. You. And I'm down to throw the sh- help, but I don't want to be the money. I guess, you know, we were talking also about like the bigger artists that have the guarantees yeah. and, and the money risks with that. It Like, I lost some money last year doing that stuff. And now this year, I've made contacts with promoters who have more money and a budget to do that. So now it's like I'm getting hit up by these same people. And instead of me being like, okay, how do I scrounge for that? It's like, who can I get to help? Invest like maybe co-invest even mm-hmm. at, at the very worst, or get someone to just take it on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the dream move right now, so I can focus on being an artist and not only until I have capital. I just don't have money. Yeah. I can't afford to be doing that. You know, and it's
3: just it's just what it's just what it is at this point. Is that um, we're only me and you? I think both of us are only show facilitators and promoters. Worse for worse for like a better or a worse way to put it. Out of necessity. Like, this is not something we wanted to do. It's more just like we wanted to play shows, and people probably either weren't willing to put us on shows or there wasn't like anybody putting on rap shows at the time we needed them to in order for us to play those shows. We started doing it ourselves. Like, when I started playing shows in San Marcos, okay, so I moved to San Marcos in 2010. And entire, so from August, that August to that April, I didn't play any shows pretty much anywhere. But I did spend a lot of time in Austin just like, going to shows to try to meet the people who did put on the shows. And then in April, I got my first like Austin awesome show. And then from there, and then I uh, heard about a show in San Marcos. So I went and I met uh, a guy named Chief in the Doomsday Device, who's the big homie in San Marcos, um, who's throwing a show called. Uh, I forgot what his showcase is called. Maybe I think it was like spread the word or something like that. And he was throwing it was like a monthly hip hop event at Triple Crown, which got shut down. So I talked to him, and then I started playing some of his gigs. But like maybe two months after I started playing his gigs, he stopped throwing them because he he was tired of doing it all by himself. He was like, the guy booking the events, booking all the acts, like doing the flyers, like basically what you do now, for uh for the OCs. What he was doing, he tried, he he stopped doing it. And so what, and when he stopped, is when I hit up the venue about throwing shows, and like and basically I took over that role. I became that guy. So it's not that I ever wanted to be the guy throwing shows. It's more just like I realized that there needed to be somebody doing it. And nobody was filling those shoes. And I just I guess I never took those shoes off. I've been I've been wearing those shoes now for like Jesus, how long has it been? Seven, eight years now I've been throwing shows.
0: Yeah, wow. I mean that's kinda that's kinda how I saw like last year when I invested on some of the bigger shows. It was like I've seen a lot of homies do it in the past who are like, oh, I can't do that anymore, man. Like that was that was too hard. So I kinda looked at it like maybe it's my turn to take one for the team you know it's like 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 so i did it and you know now maybe someone else's turn like, yeah. like it's not that profitable but like it's it's if we stop doing that it's kind of like yeah we don't i don't want none of us want to give up we, this is a passion thing for yeah. a lot of us and we we really believe in our scene and we really want it to do well so it's like who's willing to take the loss this time sometimes is how it has That's to what, go yeah
3: so i'm not i'm not really into the big like shelling out a bunch of cash for like the larger touring act you know like i feel like i don't have the capital either for that what i don't mind doing is um like more like lower level like lower tier not to say anything like people like us basically or a level up maybe a level slightly above us like coming through town and their touring act, I want I want them to have a good turnout a good payout. What I'll do sometimes is I'll give them like their cut that they from the show. So I, I always pay the locals out too. I don't I don't like not paying the locals. I feel like that's kind of a shit move. Unless the payout's just terrible. And then I'm, sometimes I'll just ask them, like, yo, do you mind if this all goes to the touring act? But the payout's okay. What I'll do is <clears throat> I'll give the touring act their cut and also my cut or if, or, or the cut from whoever from my crew played. Like whatever the grid the grid squid cut of that night. I'll give them their cut, the grid could cut. And sometimes I'll even come out of the like, out of pocket a little bit to, like, kind of, like, even it out, you know? So, like, if their cut was, like, 30 bucks, and then the Grizzly cut was, like, 30 bucks, I'll give them that that 60, and then I'll give them, like, 40 out of pocket to make it, like, a solid 100, and, like, send them on the way, you know? So, like, they have, like, money for gas, hotels, food, whatever. And, like, I feel like that's doable. I I can do that pretty regularly. Like, I, I do that pretty regularly, to be honest. But, like somebody's like big coming down like yo i need a 1500 guarantee i'm like yo i'll see if there's somebody else that can handle that because i can't take that kind of hit like i yeah. i don't i don't have 1500 to lose like that just is what it is like i, I can lose 40 bucks on the show I, I can i can play a show for free by giving you my cut and also
0: lose an extra 40
3: and i'll be okay but i, I can't lose 1500 like that's just not what it is
0: yeah no it's it's crazy man when you end up playing with fire like that you mm-hmm. know you know i've definitely been burned a couple times and i've learned a lot and it's actually put put me in a good position a few times like if i lost money at least i've been like all right well how else what can i get f-? even if it's just knowledge mm-hmm. like, what can i learn from this but i feel like i've definitely benefited from every loss as in yeah. certain ways um not necessarily fi- definitely not financially but yeah. You know, I take something away from everything in these scenarios. And make I me feel better. like,
3: for the most part, for the most part, most of the people I've taken care of have, in return, taken care of me. Or, like, if I was taking care of somebody, I was returning, like, a prior favor, you know? So it was, there's it, only been a couple of times of people I've, like, oh, I've taken care of this person and, like, they kind of burned me. Or, like, when it was their turn to do the same for me, they kind of fell short, you know? I'd say nine out of 10 times. Like, I've, like, gone on my way to make sure somebody had a decent payout at the end of the night, like, they've done the same for me.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's the fam- the brotherhood, sisterhood,
3: familyhood. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being broke and stuff, um, I work, uh... I work on a nine-to-five. I, I work ten ten-hour shifts, basically. And so I tour on the weekend because I have a three-day weekend. So this next song is called Watercolor in the Stanzas. It actually features the homie Luis Esoteric out of Corpus. And this song is about, uh... Trying to juggle like your financial struggles and also make art at the same time, and it's about how like capitalism kind of sucks. So, yeah, it's is watercolor in the stanzas.
2: I'm overqualified and underpaid, working for a humble wage. Spend my summer days trying to make some money. I can save, this stage doesn't pay much cash for gas. Much. Much. As as I make it, build collectors, trying to take the bucks through the loans of piling up. My day to day kind of sucks. Go to work and leave work, the hidden diamond to rise above it It's getting tough, kid I would enjoy my life If I wasn't sticking to a budget If I kick the bucket early Surely y'all have made a difference, right? With the songs I've written And the way I chose to live my life But the vision's never self-sustaining Waiting just a waste of time patience. The patience always help the painting Back to the canvas Watercolor in the stances Painting pictures, asking questions so Hoping somebody will answer But the shit seems
1: rhetorical This blind demands man's you I'm dying on the daily To the living is affordable
2: Thought of me I'm peaceful with my artistry Painting brutal pictures with words not where I want to be It's hard to see cops shooting kids bursting through arteries You ought to be ashamed with the public knowing your yeah. name On administrative leave but you get paid all the same You ain't even skipped a beat, you left them dead in yeah. the street You say you drew your pistol because he for his feet Was the fear that got you to that point or was it death? Either way, it was you who sealed this young man's fate Now it's the day after the news got your name classic. Do you feel an ounce of guilt on your conscience, you sick bastard? His face was in the gutter, he died with his stop hands up No concealed weapons, you leaving it stuck Now the cameraman's in the corner with this guard up. up Bad police work is the world's corner you do taking responsibility Ain't what these Whoa, cops do and it makes me wanna
3: Stanzas featuring Luis Esoteric. Check him out. He's a part of a duo called Complex City and Corpus Christi. Uh, so, the first time we played was called Gris Squid or Nothing. I featured the homie C.A. the Commoner, and we're both a part of a larger collective called Gris Squid Entertainment. I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. So, when I started rapping in New Orleans, I was in a crew called DYR with three other guys. And one of the guys, act one, who's also still in Gris Squid, had the idea to start Gris Squid. Like, he wanted it to be a big umbrella. That our four man crew and also all of our solo projects and all of our side projects all could fit under. So, kind of like, for all intents and purposes, like a record label basically, without the funding, I guess. And so we had that idea, but then people stopped rapping, I moved away, so all that kind of fell to the wayside. We talked about how I started throwing shows out of necessity, and when I started throwing those shows, I needed like, a production company name to throw them under. So I would start, I started using Grisquid. Squid as like kind of like a callback to that thing PJ wanted. So I started using that name. So I would throw like shows called Grid Squid Presents. And then I started the monthly show I started throwing was called Boom Babs and daps So it was like a hip hop show. And eventually, um Figalita, who, who, who had been a good friend of mine for years, uh, Chris, who I had just met because he started, like, we both met on campus at Texas State through Hip Hop Congress, he was coming to the shows. Allison was, me and her started performing together and so all these people had like kind of like started latching on to what i was doing with grid squid as far as like putting on the events and they were like yo what if this was like more than just like an event company like what if like you also made this like a a collective of people so basically all three of them joined the collective and it was like a loose thing and it's kind of this us just combining connections and uh and skill sets and finances, I guess. Like we always liked, like chipping in like money. Like we in like five, we paid five bucks a month as like fees, you know? And like eventually that added up. And like we'd also like, whatever we made from the shows we put into that fund as well. And that eventually became like, we, used to, we eventually got pins, then we got shirts and like threw that money without having to come out of pocket cause we we're all broke, you know? And then when we started touring, we realized it was easier to tour as one act than it is as four separate acts. And so we became more of like a four man four person because two women in this there. four person crew to facilitate that and so we toured for like a few years like that and now we're kind of all spreading apart to do work on solo stuff again so we're becoming more of like a loose unit again like a loose collective in the same way the oc is kind of gearing towards that and so the members right now uh there's four of us in san marcos and there's two of us still in new orleans and so the four of us in san marcos are symmetry myself uh ca the commoner felita hicks and Allison Papillon, a.k.a. Joy. So that's two rappers, a singer. Allison's the singer. And Faelita is like a poet, spoken word poet. She's also working on like a, a book and a book of poems and a memoir right now. She's also a rapper. And then New Orleans, we have two rappers. We have Swiper and we have Act one So that's like a whole collective. And we all are just trying to hit 2019 hard. Like, I feel like right now, 2018 was kind of rough because we're all like, had all these moving parts in our lives kind of happening. And so I don't think we've had a music release in twenty eighteen actually. But I know that at least three of us, if not four of us, are planning on releasing either stuff at the at the latter part of this year or the beginning of twenty nineteen. So we're trying to get that that whole ball rolling. Trying to think what else there is to talk about for the crew. Like, what's been your experience on like the OC and how it's like kind of evolved? Like you said you kinda joined late, right? Yeah, well, it's like
0: uh, four. Of the original four started the Outstanding Citizens in two thousand eight, but they were more like um, it's just like a, a group of four friends who hung out all the time and it was just freestyle and make songs. And then eventually they got a show, mm-hmm. and, and then uh, you know that was kind of the beginning. It was more. It wasn't like this like uh, touring unit, like making records, like they were more just like you know young early 20s making raps and having fun that's how
3: my first crew in new orleans was like the DOR crew was
0: in um it started the
3: same way we were all like it was right at the high school so we all like had just graduated high school so we were like 17 18 uh, we spent that summer like we bought like a shitty usb mic and like we were like making songs in garage band like so I, I i that's probably how pretty similar to like my own
0: yeah i mean they have a huge back catalog actually they have like probably like a hundred songs that they recorded back in the day. But it was all rough cuts that they made the song and they're like, cool. They never dropped records. Mm -hmm. Maybe they had a MySpace. I'm not actually sure. But Mm. but, uh, it was like they kind of just made it for the sake of making it because they were having fun with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they got a few good shows. And, I mean, the story is a little more complicated than that. Like they did take it seriously and they were performing some of them um, before that. In high school, they had groups they were performing. But then, like, in their 20s, they started OC, and it was just kind of more partying and rapping the way I, re- I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I understand it. And uh, I kind of met them a little bit after that. They already had tons of songs. I had just come out of recording school, and I was like, yo, you guys are cool, you guys have cool songs, but your like, recording quality isn't doesn't match what I can do. Coming out of audio school, so that's when I started playing with them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: working with them. My crew, my band, started playing shows with them. We played shows together for years, um, and then like uh, and and those outstanding citizens kind of like broken up and come back together, and life had happened, and mm-hmm. you know, like Wolfman Jack and Benzo, and uh, those two always stayed pretty consistent. Like they were always rapping. Fluid had life happen, so he, he kind of, like, stopped for a little while and would come back and, you know. But he came back full force, uh, like, it's been two years now, and I'd been talking about building some sort of collective, and those guys kind of had an idea of, like, combining powers, and I think the four of us just kind of came together, me, Fluid, Benzo, and Wolfman, and uh we're like, hey, well, let's... Let's like make this into something. We weren't gonna call it Outstanding Citizens. We're like, let's make a group. Like, what do we call it? And someone was like, well, we could should we call it the Outstanding Citizens Collective? And and we're like, yeah, we'll use that name to kind of honor like you know the core of where this came from. But this is a new thing. Yeah. But it, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes <laughs> now I'm just like the new member who raps with yeah. the crew. Sometimes it is a big collective. We it, like straight up what you said. We're kind of like a record label without the funding. Same thing, man. Like, a lot of what you said, like, same.
3: <laughs> and, and,
0: I, and, like, in full disclosure, it's been, like, pulling teeth this year, like, trying to get
3: everybody, like, on the same page. like. And that's kind of, like, I feel like moving further away from, like, the group dynamic and it's more of the collective dynamic has it been necessary. Flows, though, no. Yeah, it definitely yeah. it's – it's been it, – I think what happened was I got um, comfortable because, like, the group thing had, like, finally kind of, like, kind of clicked in and like, we were able, like, to really – like honing our performance like we were getting booked more like out on the road and so i feel like i wanted to keep that moving but life doesn't happen that way you know people have their own ambitions and yeah exactly like goals and i think everybody now is very focused on what they want to do and i think i think also like styles are different you know like we're not all we don't all rap the same way so it may be better just in general for us to do like what we're each comfortable with
0: yeah, and still support, you know, mm, definitely, but, but definitely, not, definitely. not necessarily have to be so involved in each other's creative process. And that's what's cool about our group, or a fun thing about our group is, like, yeah, we, we tour as a group, we perform as a group, we do a lot as a group, but um, there's only one official Outstanding Citizens Collective song that's even available out there. Mm. Everything else, is, we got solo albums. solo. Like, I have tracks with everybody, and we all have tracks together, but, mm. like, I have all five members of the like core rappers of the oc featured on my album Mm -hmm. so you know we we do have and then we use those as songs live together you know but we don't have like that these are outstanding citizens songs as much it's more
3: i see i wanted to do like great squid songs i really did and now we're like kind of working on like a collective lp which is like kind of not like oh, all six of us on each of these songs it's more just like oh there's two of us on this song two or three of us on this song kind of like that but it's like an LP that'll be like we have like the same story it's so funny yeah it's kind of like the same thing and it's funny because I'm actually moving away from collabs on my solo stuff like I'm less interested in collabing like as far as with rappers on my solo work unless it's like a full collaborative project like I, I feel like I wouldn't mind like if me and another rapper were like hey you want to do a five tracker like an EP like we both like rap on like this and these five beats and call it a day. But as far as like hitting up rappers for my solo work, but maybe because my solo work is like getting more personal too. And like kind of like it's not it's not just like, yo, what's your out of sixteen? I'm not I'm not it's doing like, that. Yo, what's
0: this song about? Um, how dope you are and why?
3: <laughs> it, it, see when you sometimes
0: I, it's like that. What do you write? I don't know how dope you are on why. And, the, and, bars, that, bro. and and that <laughs> and that's my
3: and that's my that's my genesis right there. Like, you know, like my, my early crew stuff was like that. And so it was really easy to collab because you're just like, yo, this I like this beat and it's fucking dope. You want to throw a mean 16 over this? Like I, I always refer to, to raps like that, like how dope you are on why as mean sixteens in my head. Like who and,
0: and also you get competitive, like who's got the meanest mean sixteen? Like that's what's fun. I love riding with my homies because yeah. it's like I write my personal stuff and it's all like soft, like I'm all emotional or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, something like I don't know. Like I, I can just tell if I'm writing with my my homies or if I'm writing something by myself. Yeah. When I'm with my homies, I'm just like with the homies. I gotta I gotta spit hard, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> but it brings a good, you know. It's like steel sharpens steel. You it know? it
3: is that way too. I I feel like um those Mean 16 songs, for like lack of a better phrase. They they really showcase, like, technical ability, like, um, ability to, like, bring out good punchlines, like, like, flow, uh, rhyme schemes usually are really prevalent in a lot of those songs, like, at least in indie rap, you know, like, like, you, you throw somebody on, like, a, pitch me verse, like, you want somebody that's kind of pumping out the multisyllabics, you know, like, you want stuff like that, I feel like those songs are necessary. like, Chris is really in a battle rap, and it's not really my thing, but I understand that like, battle rappers have some of the best punchlines in rap, like, um, also, like, they, they do really well in the rhyme schemes, like, stuff like that, it's really, like, it can be, it can be used in, in other, in other forms of rap and other, the basis for it. Yeah,
0: I, I personally am, like, not a battle rapper at all, at yeah. all, like, it's just not my thing, um, I'm not against it, but, like, so the other day, I was, like, looking at YouTube and ended up just, like, spending way too much time just watching, random battle rap videos it was cool like I was I was getting way into it and uh then the next like few nights later I was just freestyling with some homies at a wedding Mm -hmm. we're all just drinking rapping and all of a sudden I was like I felt like I had like this battle rapper in me like I was like I'd like Channeled some of that, yeah. and like I wasn't even on purpose, but I was just dissing all my friends. Oh it's my not, god! <laughs> like not, <laughs> the not not bad, but just roasting everybody and stuff. Like, like just like I don't even remember I the like lines. I like roasting, but,
3: bro. I like roasting.
0: Yeah, but i just say some funny stuff, like like just like one guy wasn't wanting to spit, but he was like telling me all these dope lines. So I was like calling him out, like "Yo, where are you at?" You know, like mm-hmm. kind of putting him putting people on the spot and like really just getting into it. And I was like, "Dang." I could see how battle rap can be, like, really fun. I mean, I was just playing. I wasn't even touching real battle rap, but I just mm-hmm. noticed, like, the flavor kind of, like, came from watching all those videos.
3: I think a lot of, like, earlier, like, Scribble, Jam, Scribble Jam-esque battle rap that's like kind of, like, freestyle-based was all really fun because a lot of the time it was, like, like rappers who were, like, rapper rappers just battling at events. Like, you know, like, Slug with battle Murs or... Merz of Battle Sage, Francis and stuff like that. These people, they were all friends already, and it was all freestyle. It wasn't like, "Let me go home and write the meanest thing I can write about you." It was kind of this, like,
0: look up all their past. Online. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what D- bad rappers D- do
3: nowadays. Battle rappers look up your entire past, like anything sketchy in your bio. They're gonna call you on it. Like these dudes were just kind of getting together. Like they throw on a beat and they would just kind of freestyle about each other and make jokes. And so it was kind of more of like what well, you were doing at the wedding, from what it sounds like. It was more of like kind of like a. A
0: friendly jest thing as opposed to like oh, let man, me embarrass so you fun, man yeah there was t- we did a two verse two battle where it was like yo me and this guy are gonna talk about how good of friends we are i was telling you this last night mm-hmm. and you two talk about how good your friendship is and that's how we're gonna battle and we just take turns we're like yo me and this guy we go way back and you just like make some stupid mm-hmm. punch still same thing like good punch lines and like trying to like be more clever, mm-hmm. but it's like instead of dissing, it's like. It's, it's kind of more like, 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 like one upping than dissing, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it was like more of a one up battle. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, well, yeah, well, we. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we had matching super soakers, so suck that. like... <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that was like, we were goofing out, man. I loved that night. But uh, yeah, anyway, back to you and, and your craft, man. So what are you doing now that that the grid squid is kind of. Getting more personal, like wh- so, what's your what's your move?
3: Okay, um, I guess I'll go. I feel like uh, I've been going into um so the EP, um, I just I guess I just finished writing it. The one I'm gonna drop next, I have a mixtape coming soon, which is like a bunch of like little snippet tracks, like, like two that's minutes. Your trap lost. stuff. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh It's my Migos mixtape, you know. No, uh, that's that's actually what the tour was supposed to be about for this year, but I just like kept having to push it back, and so. I'm touring for the project that's even out right now, so it's kind of <laughs> nuts. So that, that project's it's called Second right? Start of the Right, and that that project's basically like a lot of it's like kind of um, encompasses like everything I've basically gone through since leaving New Orleans in 2010. So it's kind of like little brief snapshots into my life over the last eight years, more or less. And then I'm working on an EP to follow that that I just finished writing. That I need to start recording soon. You, know, you reminded me I have to do work now, I have to like do rapper things, I have to yeah, like back to work. book studio time. <sighs> um But that that project's like five tracks. It's like it's seven really, but I might I might cut two. And all seven of the tracks are either based off of or reference um books that I've read, honestly. And so it's kind of about like so it's it's weird to be like, "Hey, you want to rap on this song about this book that you haven't read to somebody else?" You know, <laughs> like this book that meant this thing to me, but probably won't mean that same thing to you. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I
0: can see that being tough to find yeah, a and,
3: collaborator. Yeah, and so it's like not as open for collaboration if I'm like doing these really specific song things. Like, um, that Ad ba- that bass song I played last night, the what, the crowd response one. Everybody oh yeah, did? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that song's called Chomcha and Gabriel, Gabriel, and it's based off of two characters from a book called satanic verses by salman rushdie and a quick synopsis uh in the in the book these two dudes are of indian descent from india and they're both on a plane on the way to england to like live there well i think one already lives there and one's just like moving there and the plane gets hijacked by terrorists and they like blow the plane up and these two dudes are the only survivors but they blow the plane up like in the air so these two dudes are falling to their deaths basically and at one point, they both start, they just start floating. Like, they start singing, and then they start floating. And they basically imagine the way paper falls, and they kind of, like, goes from one side to the other slowly. And they hit the ground like paper, and they like, they survive. And once they touch English soil, one starts becoming the devil. Like, he, like, grows hooves and hair and, and goat horns. And the other, like, has a halo appear over his head. And so one becomes basically, like, the angel Gabriel, and the other one becomes the devil. And so the song... It's about, like, kind of how everybody has good and evil in them, basically. Like, that's kind of, like, what the, the metamorphosis is kind of going. And so it's about—so, like, yeah, so you writing songs like that, it's kind of hard to be like, hey, yo, Zach, come kick this mean verse about <laughs> this
0: reference to this really weird book you read that one time. That's awesome, man. I like I like that. I, that's one of my favorite, like, things on this podcast is, like, someone could listen to that song and I have no frigging clue mm-hmm. about what you just said. Yeah. So that's what I like—a little window into like what what the artists are actually trying to say. Mm-hmm.
3: That's kind of <laughs> so, why I named the song "The Two Characters." I feel like because I I don't talk about the book or what happens in the book at all in the song, but I was like I kind of wanted to give people a reference point that if they just Googled the name of the song, like I, I feel I would, I would hope that the book would come up.
0: That's cool. yeah. So like, Fluid just did something recently. Uh, we had this little like challenge we were doing where called connect 16 challenge and Mm -hmm. wolfman started it he wrote a 16 then uh comes up with the topic and challenges another rapper online Hmm. the other rapper has to respond with their own 16 and then call out another until we do 16.
3: do you all pick a different topic every time you finish a verse
0: yeah like you pick the topic and the next like actually what we were doing is we were putting names in a hat we already had the 16 rappers who were involved and then Hmm. we just like pick pick names
1: that's pretty cool it
0: was super cool it kind of fell off it's actually uh it lost a lot of steam we're waiting on two more verses and then we've completed round two hmm. but uh yeah um anyway life people get busy and stuff
3: but do you because I'm, I'm like this now like i feel like i used to just always write 16 just for shits and gigs you know just to always kind of just because i needed to write a 16 and now i feel like i'm not writing raps unless i'm writing particularly for a project like do you just have like sharpen the skill 16s that you just write just because like you just throwing a random beat and write a 16
0: just to like keep this to keep the craft going you know
3: because I'm at a point where I'm not really doing
0: that as much i it's something I tell myself every day I should be doing but you don't uh, do i don't do enough of it mm-hmm. I, I guess I'd say I would believe if you were to do that it couldn't hurt i, I that's my point I, I, I feel it, like keep, I feel like I should be doing that. Jeez. Well, that's what I liked about the challenge. That's why I was into it. I'm like, oh, cool.
3: that, 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 That's why. That's why I thought it's of it. Cause like you
0: summon like, I gotta write some shit now. That, that's like, kind of oh.
3: what made me think about it is that I feel like that challenge. If nothing else, like, it's just you just keep you keeping the sword sharp. And I feel like I don't do that enough. I, I feel like you you get like sometimes like rappers like will throw you like, hey, come kick a verse on this right fast. Like when you're when you're live or like, this happens to me all the time. Like people are like, hey, yo, come drop a verse on this song I'm doing. So there's, there's an extra slot for like a verse. And I feel like I don't have just like extra like random mean sixteen verses. And I'm not that great of a freestyle. Like I most times I freestyle it's like necessity. Like I like forget my verse and I like freestyle the rest of it sometimes. Like and that's only happened a few times, but I like I was able to really pull it off. Yeah. And it's so if somebody's freestyle's like freestyle's
0: yeah. been a struggle.
3: And so if somebody's like, yo, come drop a sixteen, I'm just like, all right, what 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 do I have in the pocket that isn't like specifically catered to the song I wrote, you know? All right. And so I, sometimes I wonder if I should, like, spend more time just kind of writing some mean 16s. Never can writing a verse, especially to a, maybe in a subject matter you wouldn't normally write to, can hurt your creative process. Uh, it can only expand it. That's how I feel, at least. Like, if, if, like, if you were right, if, like, Wolfman hit me up and was like, yo, it's your turn to write a 16, about, like, traffic stops. Like, that's, not, that's something I've never rapped about, you know? So I would ha- not only have to, like, write a verse, which is practice, so practice makes perfect. I'd also have to write a verse about something that normally isn't in my repertoire at all, so I'd, I'd have to be creative in order to write that verse in the first place.
0: Yeah, so my topic was America. I was like, oh, God. So much to say. Like, I know, that one hurt. How, how I was do you like, wrap
3: this up a oh. 16? I was like, this needs to be an album.
0: But yeah, exactly. Can this, can this be an
3: EP, please? Can I, can I do that?
0: And we were on tour, too, and I'm like, oh, oh. my God, I'm so busy. And I'm Not busy, but just like, I'm trying to focus on doing this. Yeah, it took me... A, a, what you're supposed to do in 24 hours it took me 48, but I still got it done. That's not bad. It was cool. But, I feel um, like
3: I okay. How often do you sit down in one sitting and finish the 16? How often does that happen for you?
0: Mm, less than half the time.
3: I would say for me, it's like maybe every fourth verse I write, if that, if if that many. I feel like a lot of times I write like four or eight in that first sitting. And then I'll come back the next time or the time after, and I usually finish it. So generally around like three sittings of a 16. I think I think a lot of it's just like your brain sits on it. Yeah, kind of comes back, and you're like, and you're like, oh, I, I see what I was doing here. I'm, I'm more focused, and like, and sometimes I'll come back. and I say, all oh, right, like I've like eight. And I will come back the second time, and I'll erase the third, the last two and then, like, finish it, you know? Like, I'll, like, I'll drop, like, okay, these seven, the bar seven and eight are terrible, so I'll delete them, and then from six, I'll start, like, over, and I'll write the last ten
0: bars. Like, stuff like that happens to me a lot, too. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big editor, um, for sure, yeah. But sometimes I can write a whole song in a sitting. That's super rare, but, it, like, I, know, yeah, but there I, is no, like, one way for me. It's, yeah. yeah. And that's what's annoying as hell. I can make a million songs, and then a million first song is just as hard as my first one. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's just... And I keep topping, that's one thing I've noticed is, and it's a good thing, but I keep like topping my skills, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I wrote this and that was so difficult to actually spit it and record it, but I got it, cool. And so it doesn't mean like, okay, so the next one's easier, it just means I'm going to write something even harder for myself. Okay. So I've been getting, I've been actually, I actually just recently like had to sit myself down and just kind of. Simplify like because I was writing crazy complex, thing. shit so I'm like, no, just dude, you're like, stop trying to impress yourself.
3: That's another <laughs> reason I feel like I have a hard time like finding mean 16s to drop, like when people ask me to, because I feel like I write so um syllable heavy, like it's a lot of like it's dense, and I don't really rap fast, but I rap really densely. And I feel like I was actually playing this set last night and I thought about this too while I was rapping. I was like, okay, all these verses are so so dense. And I feel like it makes some of my music not as easy to listen to or enjoy all the time. And I was like, okay, maybe I should scale this back just a little bit. Enough where I'm, I still feel like I'm challenging myself. And I'm still even challenging the listeners. I feel like that's also part of it. I don't, I don't want to, like, ever spoon-feed anybody, you know? I want to I challenge myself and also the people that are listening. Because I feel like the people that listen to my music, the six of you that are out there, uh, listen to it for, like, because it's not, like, radio rap, you know? They They listen to it because it's, like it's soul bearing it's it's um, technically sound and so I, I want to get to a point where I'm having that same boat where I'm like okay but am I doing too much at this point so I feel, I feel like there isn't too much like a perfect example for that for me personally is Aesop Rock I feel like I've always thought he's one of the best rappers to ever do it but I've also found his music more or less unlistenable for me because it's just so much and I feel like the he's impo- amazing
0: I can't listen to him <laughs> I, get, I get what you mean though
3: exactly I feel, I feel like the impossible kid like his last album was him scaling that back like yeah, well I loved that album it's, it's, the, it's really the only a album I listened to because like, he actually like and it's weird because he dumped it down and he's still better than like pretty much every rapper besides like Black Thought L Z I and a few other cats who like rap at that level
0: I mean Labor Days. I loved that album still love that album. I mean, I, w-
3: I want to go back and read. Like, I feel like...
0: Like, I came up. Like, that was, like, a big influence for me.
3: So now I'm kind of wondering, like, if The Impossible Kid is, like, a good foot in for me now to kind of tackle some of his more difficult work, you know? Because now that I'm like, okay, I've got this. Like, I- I've met him at, like, his B grade as far as, like, the rapping. Like, it's not even that the rapping is worse. It's just less dense. Yeah.
0: Like, that's really all it is. And and that's, he, that's... he produces a lot of his own beats. And that's kind of what I'm saying, a, too. Like, he and I actually have a similar process. Yeah. I, I read an interview, and I was like... No shit. <laughs> like That's how I make my stuff. So it's, it's cool. And I notice he and I, he makes beats that I'm like, I, I kind
3: of,
0: like, I just get, and with like. And your punk background, too, I
3: feel like a lot of his beats aren't hip-hop beats. Like, right. they're beats that he's rapping over, but they're not, like, generic, boom-bap, in-the-pocket, drum-type
0: beats, you know? like and That's what I love about him is, like, oh, I, it, it makes me have a place in hip-hop in a way, like, to have a someone to look up to like mm-hmm. that that's, that's actually doing, like weird you know technically weird hip-hop you know that's still really technically
3: impressive too it's not Not only is it just weird and different it's like i don't think anybody listens to asap and thinks this dude can't rap they think they think this is weird and it may not be for me but everybody who listens to asap says asap can fucking rhyme you know and that, that's kind of the thing and, like, so back, so back to The Impossible Kid, like, listening to that, the album's just as good, if not better, than his other albums, for the most part. But it is simpler. And I feel like there's a way to simplify the way we rap, technically, to a certain extent, without losing, like, what makes our rapping special. And I feel like that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm maybe looking forward to in the next few projects for myself is, like, finding a way to, like, maybe tone down on how dense some of my rhyming is. Or at least on some of the songs you know like because i feel like at this point like even if i'm rapping over slow beats i'm still kind of dense like it's just dense but slower and so i uh, i need to find a way to like make the technical aspect still interesting without making it like such a maybe like a chore to listen to like make it kind of like an easier listening experience because i feel like with the hooks and stuff like i, I kind of make them pretty simple like a lot of them i'm, I'm singing i'm already I like singing hooks um or like just simple kind of chant hooks like but the rapping like it's dense and I, I can see that if i'm doing like 20 25 minutes of just dense ass raps in a performance it can kind of get old and i i, I can i can understand that from a listener's point and so if, if i can understand that it means i should be changing something like there's, there's no reason for me to be like oh this is kind of difficult let me just keep it this way just for no reason like there's no
0: reason to like. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, I feel very similar to that man. Like my my stuff is dense too, and mm-hmm. it's like, I'm always trying to remind myself to remember, like negative space, you know. And my beats are dense too, so that's like I have the same problem that way. You,
3: you hit that. You said yeah. negative space, like, mail on the head, straight up. I feel like, just that, like, and not even like, oh, I need a spot to breathe. Kind of negative space. It's, it's more just like a space where the song itself gives a chance to breathe. Like the song itself has a chance to just kind of like, you give it, kind of take in like the last line kind of thing before the next line starts. So I feel like a lot of my lines, like, I'm finishing a bar and automatically going into the next bar. You know, like every, almost like for most of my rapping, I feel like. And I feel like just knowing, cause I was, I was watching an interview. I think about this, but like for musicians, and it was, um, no, it was a Sonic's bit article. I just like clicked on, and it was like five people you don't want in your band. I think one of the five was the noodler, like the guy who just constantly noodles, like plays like constantly over everybody else. Like like at the car, the guitarist who's always soloing. Like you know, what I mean, you don't you don't really want that. And I feel like if you're constantly rapping super densely with no space for the song to breathe. Like you're kind of a noodler, or you can be a noodler depending on yeah, like what the totally. song needs.
0: Totally, yeah. So that's I'm impressed when I hear rappers that do that. I'm like, how do they? Like, cause me, I'm like, when I'm writing, I'm like, oh, got to fill fill a more bar. Oh, you know, that's too basic. That's me, right? I'm just like, uh, okay. Nah, nah, nah. And then I listen to stuff that has that space. I'm like, wait, they do that? I didn't even. that, does, that sounds great. Like, you I, know? I, I feel
3: like I feel like writing densely is a skill I feel like being able to write densely but still allow the song negative space and breathe is a higher caliber skill because I feel like it's easy to fill bars you know it's just like not easy but like it's easier to just fill bars constantly than it is to like know when not to fill a bar I feel, I feel like that is a higher a higher level talent than what we are at like if we're, if we're like at a b level talent the guy who's able to rap as well as we can but still leave that space in between there is an a level talent and that's what we—I feel like we both understand that we want to aspire to that. Like
0: One thing that I'm—so I'm not a major freestyler, but I've been getting, like, much more into it, especially since this summer, mm-hmm. hanging out with, like, a bunch of freestylers. I, I've learned that that's helped me slow down at least when I—my delivery when I'm freestyling because I actually have to stop and think. Mm-hmm. So I take more pauses kind of, like, as a survival tactic to mm-hmm. keep the flow, but have a second to, like— What am I gonna say next? So that like just there are natural pauses, and I've noticed a lot of other freestylers do that too. Well, they'll rap and they'll kind of pause, and then hit the next line, Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see them thinking their next lines. And I noticed uh, back to this wedding freestyle I've been talking about like crazy. um, I was doing that, and I was even catching that like, oh, it's cool. I'm still actually delivering this, but I'm stopping, thinking, and then nailing it again. And it's like. Maybe that's why I'm so. And then you said you're not much of a freestyle, mm-hmm. player either. So maybe that has. Maybe there's something in that that yeah. both of us could learn is like, practice our freestyles, and that might actually improve our, spa- the writing. Yeah, spacing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Spacing is a good way of to thought put that, of it yeah. right now. But.
3: Like a, like the the pacing. I think of, of like pacing is a good way to put it too. Spacing and pacing, like at the the pace of a verse. Because mine's just like, like you know, you think of like a um, like a drum pattern. It's like a. That's what we're doing basically, as opposed to like a. Or or even like, or even just doing like the initial like rhythm, but also like just kind of like having a ghost note, like that. that, Maybe that's like what it is, like like a ghost note kind of thing. Like what is like kind of like a less of a pause, or more just like kind of like a a negative space. Like,
0: yeah, and um, a lot of these new rap rap head like rap cats that I'm not super into the style yet. um, They're more and more upcoming. Like I don't want to call them mumble rappers, but that's what they're called. Like in general, that yeah. Any new rappers kind of called a mumble rapper anymore. It seems like, um, but like there's some of that style where they do that flow really fast and then stop. The triplets and then do it. But 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 there's like I know rappers like like um, I won't say names, but like I know rappers that just do it like yeah, forever. But then like the, I've seen some that can do like a. You know, like, spit in those fast triplets, Mm -hmm. but, like, in bursts that leave a lot of space in between, Mm -hmm. and that seems to be, like, a more modern rap style that I'm hearing, Mm -hmm. and I actually kind of dig that. I wouldn't say they're the mumble rappers, but, you know, like, that era of genres, like, they'll bring in some of that burst stuff, and I'm like, well, that's actually kind of cool. Ah, they're back in that auto-tune whiny shit. Oh, damn. But it was cool for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. So.
3: So That's the things I feel like, uh, especially, like, with indie rap, I feel like purist heads like i feel like i don't want to call myself a purist but i I feel like i lean more towards that i I feel like i'm closer to a purist than i am open-minded to be honest with rap uh but i feel like we can all learn from different genres and different styles of rap like i I don't want to close myself off like i I don't listen to the radio at all but every now and then like my girlfriend listens to the the new travis scott recently and i was like some of these beats are good that was like some of these beats are really hot i can't even lie
0: yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm trying to be less of the the older camp that's just like rejects the new. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say I like a lot of this new music, but it's not for us, you know. Like where it's for kids. So this music is ma- it's like it's made by 20 year olds for 15 year olds <laughs> or whatever. I and think, it's, I think that's
3: it, even just a big way to put it. It's just like it's just understanding that you don't have to hate on something for it not to be for you. And I think that's the thing. Like uh, I don't play water polo but I'm not online bashing water polo you know what I mean like I, I, I mind my damn business I play basketball like I, like I always have like it just is what it is like I feel like that's the thing is that like old heads feel like they have to like shit on the new thing but I also feel like old heads feel like the new heads are like disrespecting the culture Though I feel like that's kind of the thing water polo isn't disrespecting basketball so I guess that's part uh, of the yeah. disconnect in my in my comparison
0: and that was my main side was like disrespecting the old heads and like you Know that was kind of a the main factor for me is like, yeah, these kids are not they're disrespectful of the mm-hmm. old ways or whatever. But then I'm also looking back at when I was, you know, back in the 90s, a lot of the people like, yeah, I know I knew like you know, Biggie and Nas and all these kids don't even know that stuff, it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But like back then, there all these kids that yeah, they know they're Biggie and Nas, but they don't know they're Rakim and Big Daddy Ram Kane, and, yeah. yeah, it's like. So I'm starting to realize like maybe you know, to step really, step away from it a little bit. I'm really looking does, at it yeah. like, eh, you know, I still don't like the new stuff mostly, but you know, whatever. Like if, if we're gonna just like scorn them and say, you know, screw you guys, you guys are garbage, they're gonna grow and just leave us leave us in the in the dust. So what we need to do is instead nurture them and stay and be like, yo, like Oh, that's, you know, what you're doing is different, but, you know, teach them a little history and maybe kind of, like, also, build, I, I, like, I feel a feel network. Like there's there a, a connection, too, connection I feel like
3: me, me and you definitely fall, like, if we, like, think of, like, the left and the right, like, the left being, like, kind of indie and the right being, like, mainstream, you know, there's levels to, like, to that. So I feel like uh, Tommy Will and Marley B from Golden last night, I feel like they're kind of right in the middle of that, you know, like, they have, like, really, like, they still have some indie sounds, but they also, I could see either one of them being on the radio, but they don't mumble rap they both really can rap really well you know what i mean i, yeah. I, I feel like there's, there's a way to make like rap that is catered for a popular market but oh. still also rap your ass off like no,
0: we got like joiner lucas we got kendrick, um, kendrick like, you know
3: like crit cole like these people all fit like in that in that kind of thing like arguably logic i guess if you want to go into that like people who like who can rap but still make music for like a main mainstream consumption And i feel like we as indie heads very often think that everything for mainstream consumption isn't technically sound you know
0: yeah no i mean thank god when kendrick came out i was like thank you rap gods (laughs) like like to have someone like that way up there in that area like i he was too i mean still i'm still like pretty giddy about him Mm -hmm. just popping up and i know he's been around for a while already now but to me i guess this just like kind of shows a little bit my age too is like he's still like like kind of a new guy who just came up but i forget it's been like years (laughs)
3: <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of people felt that way about Kanye, too, when Kanye first came out. like College Dropout was, like, almost damn near a Backpacker album, you know? Like, I, I think a lot of people were, like, a lot of the Backpackers, like, kind of put their faith in Kanye at that point because they were like, okay, he's the one who's going to take, like, some of this, like, Slum Village-type stuff, some of this, like, stuff like Little Brother, like, into the forefront, you know? But then he kind of, like, went off the deep end, or has been lately, at least lately. Like, and so...
0: Yeah, Yeah. I've had, I have, I have feelings. (laughs) About about Yeezy? I mean, yeah, they're mixed feelings. Yeah. But they're a lot of strong feelings. A lot of strong mixed feelings. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually less and less mixed, actually, as time Mm -hmm. goes on.
3: Word, word. Okay, well, uh, once again, guys, my name's Troy. I go by Symmetry. Uh, Look me up online, like, uh, S-Y-M-M-A-T-R-E-E. Like, you can find me on, like, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh look up Grit Squid, like grit like a graph, squid like a not an octopus, entertainment. Um
0: Dope logo too. Yeah,
3: we have a really cool like squid logo. Uh so we kind of touched upon this like off and on throughout the podcast with like how like we kept saying life happens to different rappers, you know, like like oh we were gonna do this thing, but life happens. And so this last song's about that, like uh it's called Mike's and Azaleas, and I wrote it from the perspective of myself meeting Basically, myself, an older version of myself from an alternate timeline, more or less. Like, I basically, like, met myself that had kids and got married and stopped rapping. And so the song's about the discussion that ensues from that. So meeting, like, an older version of myself who chose to give up rapping in order to be there for his family. So uh, this song is about that. It's about, like, finding, I think, the middle ground between, like, your passion and also, like, a, a healthy family life. So once again, this last song called Mike's and Azalea's. My name's Symmetry. Thank you, guys. Thank you, OG. Yeah, thank you, man. Man, I'm on the corner of Hopkins
2: by the half price. Reciting rap songs reminiscent of a past life. He said, I want to rap the Robin do, But he said he still got it, though, and so he kicked the line in two. This old soul, soul had me tearing up and feeling blue. Like why the them labels never tried signing you. He said, I didn't do better. I was the a Could to touch the heart and eat a family if all you do is love the heart. I didn't have a response, I guess it rang true. The same chord that fools you, freaking people tries to hang you, so it's the news of the quicksand. Trying to get people to give a damn, it's like pulling teeth with your bare hands. Guess I wasn't prepared, man. The break, the mold will be broken. This is just the road that we've chosen, and he's dying on the inside, suffering through vibes. even suicide to baseline So Show, I think he's like me. I tried to save him with that same sad song, but I was too naive. I think he's too gone, and he's dying on the inside, suffering through rhymes deemed suicide to My Yo, I think he's like me. I tried to save him with that same sad song, but I was too naive. I think he's too far gone. So was it wrong of me to ask him though? Where'd the passion go? Couldn't find a purpose like a bomb when it can't explode. He said he needed something that his hands could hold. His wife was tied up, burning up, and acting cold, so she kick knowledge but nobody ever heard the wisdom, it hit him kinda hard, he was scarred deep the lost sleep and spending all his nights up in his car seat, kinda killed the dream fired fire damn quick, cause mending his mouth was more important than kicking no shit, and I can feel that, how many old cats gave up making music when life got real too fast, you he, he would tell you as a rapper I'm a billion, but he got to raise his kids and buy his wife some azaleas, but that's what really matters me, I wonder if that'll be the shit that happens to me. And he's dying on the inside, suffering through rhymes. Even suicide the face Yo, Show I think he's like me. I tried to save him with that same sad song. But I was too naive, I think he's too far gone. And he's dying on the inside, suffering through rhymes. Even suicide the face Yo, Show I think he's like me. I tried to save him with that same sad song. But I was too naive, I think he's too far gone. And I've been going in a circle like a merry go round. And so I treat every stage like a very so lay me down. The artist needs to sleep too. The artist needs to sleep. I've going in a circle like a merry merry-go-round, and so I treat every stage like a burial ground. Lay me down. The artist needs to sleep too. The artist needs to sleep. So the art never dies, but the vessel does. The art never dies, but the vessel does. The art never dies, but the vessel does. The art never dies. The the art never dies. The art never dies. And the art never dies, but the vessel does. The art never dies, but the vessel does. The art never dies, but the vessel does. The art never dies. The art
1: never dies. Going in a circle like a merry-go-round. So I treat every stage like a burial ground. So lay me down. The artist needs to sleep too. And I'm going in a circle like a merry-go-round. I treat every stage like a burial round. So lay me down. Lay me down.